Let's see, do I have everything? Uh, mic, headphones, whiskey. All right, let's get started. This is On the Nose with Joey Erringman. Son, there's no wrong way to consume alcohol. Here we go. This oh, is the final episode of season one of On the, the Nose. The two-part episode. It's not a two-part no, episode. God, it's Steven, just going to be a so long Why would you say episode. that? Jim said so, it before. All right. No, I didn't. Hang, guys, I haven't even introduced you yet. They don't know oh, who you are, and you sorry. guys are talking. All right, so I started losing track of time with a lot of different things going on, including my trip to Europe, which is what this podcast Ooh. is based off of, which Sounded these like two fun. did not get to go to. <laughs> so we're going to do a final episode for the season. I decided that this was the last episode of the season, and we will be back at the beginning of the year with all new episodes. But to wrap up this season, we're going to hit this episode with a little more than just whiskey. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. Get excited. Wait, are we going to get inter- introduced now, though? Uh, in a second. Blow it? You're not at my script yet. Hang oh, on. Cool. You don't have any other friends. I have, we I have all, everyone knows who we are. All right. So, but first, let's introduce our guests. <laughs> the same two guests that you always have. <laughs> uh, these two are no strangers to the show, as you can probably tell. Welcome back, Stephen Hercheck. Hey, thanks. Good to be back. And joining him, where did he come from? Where did he go? <laughs> It's Jim Palumbo. Uh, we're back to the original. That's so much fun. Yeah. I, I oh, like gee. it. I like it. So we're going <laughs> to stick with it. So you guys ready for this show? Because we've got a lot coming up today. And while we do have whiskey in front of us, it's not going to be the only whiskey on today's episode. But Stephen, what whiskey do we have in front of us today for our whiskey of the week? Ladies and gentlemen, we have a little bit rarer of a bottle today. We have Weller 12. Weller 12. So the reason why we're excited about this one is it is impossible to find in Ohio right now. Well, you can find it. It's either expensive or you have to wait in a long line and hang out for a raffle, then which you then don't win. Correct. And that raffle is just to buy it. It's not even to win it. It's for the a, raffle a is an opportunity. Yes, yeah. a chance to buy it. So while I was in France, I stumbled upon two bottles of Weller 12 at $48 a bottle, and I bought both without hesitation. Because they don't have a bottle limit, apparently. Correct. Yeah. In France, they don't have a bottle limit. Yeah. Here in Ohio, the store, the liquor store will say limit one per customer. Yeah. So that was super exciting, and I bought both, and I managed to fit both in my suitcase. So we are going to taste it. Guys, go ahead and give it a taste. I'm going to give a little bit of um, background here. It's part of the weeded bourbon family. This 12-year-old Weller is aged far longer than most weeded bourbons, offering it a smooth, easygoing, and balancing offering with beautiful, deep bronze color, which I just read off the website. So what do you guys think? Oh, I thought you wrote that. No, I didn't. (laughs) Thanks, Jim. I appreciate it. Mm -hmm. It is weedy. It's weedy and smooth. Oh, man. It's got a sweet nose to it. Lightly toasted biscuits. (laughs) <laughs> where is it <laughs> it's right in front of you i made sure to have it <laughs> that's, oh, the that's so bell, good in yeah. case anyone forgot such a delightful drink it is yeah i mean it's definitely hitting all the bourbon notes for me like the oak the caramel the sweetness the spicy and I love it. dude i love weeded bourbons because the wheat just makes it so smooth yeah i agree do you get any citrus on that well, here, let me look at these tasting notes real so. quick. Maybe on the nose. So, aromas of lanolin. Oh, I'm not getting gonna, lanolin. I was Are you gonna, not getting lanolin? I was getting like a hint of lanolin. Okay. <laughs> Almond? The joke is that we Ooh. don't know what that is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's literally uh, the first so, time I've ever heard of lanolin. Is so glad you're here, it. Steven. I don't think anyone would have picked up on that joke if you didn't explain it. I mean, some people might think we're smart. So, oh, aromas of lanolin, almond, creamed corn, and toasty vanilla... The mid-palate flavor is heavily weeded, layered and moderately sweet, long, oaky, and intensely smooth finish. See, that's a profile that I like where it's not overly pretentious. It just says, like, it's spicy, then it's sweet, then there's oak, and there's wheat. And that's a, that's pretty much all I'm able to get. It's not, like, super yeah, specific. Yeah, I, I, I would say it's more sweet and then oaky. I have yeah, a complaint. So. Go for it. Yeah, the uh, description, could you repeat the, the very last part of it about the finish? Long... Oaky and intensely smooth. Finish. Intensely smooth doesn't make any sense. Anyway, end rant. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Okay, thank you, Stephen. <laughs> technically right. So anything else you guys... That's kind of right. Anything yep. else you guys want to add on the Weller 12 for this? Why is it, it is easier rooms. to get a rare bourbon all the way to, over in France than it is in Ohio that's yeah. literally a few states up? Probably. I hate I whiskey. I think the French response <laughs> would be the Americans are obnoxious. That's true. Oh, man. Yeah. I hate when the French are right. Yeah. It's like the second time. So, yeah, that's that's the Weller yeah. 12. I guess there's no bourbon truck chasers in Paris, so they just kind of give it to There them. was one. Exactly. There was <laughs> one. <laughs> I was there. <laughs> yeah. Plot twist. We just go over to Europe and buy all the bourbon we want yeah. because that's how it works. All right, so let's jump into the show. So for this episode, we're going to be taking a tour of Europe. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. So from November 2nd to December 1st, uh, my fiance and I travel to Germany, where we also spend some time in Germany, France, and the Czech Republic. Real quick, I want to give a huge shout out to Richard Neal and Devin Neal. They were amazing hosts for letting me stay at their place. Uh, we got to hang out with their dogs, which were awesome. He also sent me home His with... dog knows how to roll over. N- no, it doesn't. That was <laughs> I saw, very I saw disappointing. That on your Snapchat. <laughs> that was delightful. It was delightful. Uh, he tried so hard to get his dog to roll over, and he would not roll over. It was adorable. <laughs> he did his best, and that's all that matters. Yes. Um, the caption was, it's been 30 minutes of this, and it was just yes. Dick, Dick Neal just saying, roll over. Oh, roll over. I was getting so drunk just watching his dog try and roll over. But they also gave us plenty of alcohol and some amazing recommendations on places to visit, which were just phenomenal. Uh, we probably visited and saw more variety on that trip than any other trip I've ever taken. And that is fully to Richard and Devin. So huge thank you. Shout out to you guys. Um, but we are going to jump into our first piece of alcohol and i say piece of alcohol because it's gonna be more than like more than whiskey as i said what yeah it's it's not just whiskey so the first one is a whiskey the next two are not gonna be whiskeys i hate this Uh, no you're a real piece you'll love it trust me you'll love it well i'm not proud of it (laughs) yeah i i don't know yeah i'm moving forward through what you said so this is the hollow rock german whiskey bottled by Vom Fass, which is essentially a tasting store. So it was, what they do is they do, uh, they collect uh, olive oils and wines and aperitifs and whiskeys as well. And they have those opportunities for you to taste them right there in the store. Jim and Steven are snapping apparently and laughing. No, your story <laughs> is so good. Keep talking. So they bring in, like I said, they bring in everything from alcohols to olive oils, allowing the consumer to taste a wide variety in their stores. Now, this whiskey is a German spelt whiskey. Spelt is a grain, just like wheat, corn, and rye. What? Yeah. Yeah. So spelt spelt is another type of grain, which is what this whiskey is made from. We're having a new Uh, grain today? We're having a new grain today. That's so exciting. I thought there was only like a few. Nope. So it's also... I thought I knew everything. (laughs) So spelt is also known apparently as dinkle wheat or hauled wheat. Dinkle with a K? Yeah. D-I-N-K-E-L. Oh. Dinkle wheat or hauled wheat, which is H-U-L-L-E-D. What a weird language. I know. So this whiskey comes in at 43% and is aged for five years. It was aged in... Now, I don't know any other way to pronounce this, so I think this is how it's pronounced. Limousine oak. Nope. That's... I don't know. So <laughs> limousine is a okay. region in France. The barrels made from the oak trees in the limousine region of France provide us with the aging for this whiskey. Usually, they're used for cognac, but they used it to age this whiskey instead. I think so, you're right on that. Print. I'm pretty sure limousine is a French word. I don't know. I hope it's a French word. I think I don't it is. Know how else to it pronounce it? Like it. I'm yeah. pretty sure it's a French word that for some reason we just like, hey, big cars are French, and here we are. So I'm literally popping uh, open this bottle right now, or at least trying to. <clears throat> so is there with German? This is a German whiskey. I've never even heard of German whiskey. By German law, is it like does whiskey kind of differ from Ireland or Scotland or anything like that? I don't know. I don't know what regulations uh, Germany has on their whiskey. I don't even know if they have any because while I was there um, at this store, they also had Bardstown whiskey uh-huh. that was 
bottled differently. Like it wasn't in a Bardstown bottle. And I tried asking the guy if it was aged differently. And he's like, nope, it's the same as it was as it came out of the Bardstown bottle. So oh, it's, it's like they rebottled Bardstown, which was odd. And so I didn't I really understand it. So this is the guy you're talking about. The, it literally just seemed like he was taking, like buying bottles of whiskey opening them up, pouring them into his own bottles with his like store label on them, and then just reselling them. Yes, but Vom Foss, or Vom Voss, Foss, I don't know, whatever, <laughs> is like a legit accredited store yeah. that does this regularly with not only whiskeys, but aperitifs, wines, olive oils, all that kind of stuff. Interesting. Yeah, I wonder if there's just like there's not enough German whiskey, they just haven't decided to make their own regulation about it, which means I don't could know. be drinking poison right now, so... Well, nice. then here we go. Yeah. Sweet. So, so let's <clears throat> jump into the tasting, or I guess on the nose for this one. Whoa. Wow. Whoa. That's weird. That is weird. That's super almost like cereally. Yeah. I, uh, I'm i going to say something dumb here, but like, it, like, is anybody else getting something that's kind of chewy? Like there's like yes. some depth to it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How does okay. it smell chewy? Oh, just it's, before we answer that, can you ring that bell real quick? Yeah. Yeah. All right, there we go. I think it okay. reminds me of like a gum. I think that's why I'm associating with chewy. Like it's like not like a mint gum, but like I'm like, getting like more of a cerealness to it. I get that. Or no, yeah, okay, I no, that's so odd. not gum. You know what it's it smells be? like taffy. It's, I smell taffy. Oh, maybe. Okay. All like right. a fruity, and that's why I'm associating. It, I think that's why we're both associating with chewy. That's it has such to be this new grain. Yeah, yeah. Be what it yeah. Is. I feel like I walked into a barn in another country, yep. and I don't recognize the smells because mm-hmm. it's not like, this filled isn't... with the same things that American barns yeah. are filled with. This isn't straw. What are you doing? And then do yeah. something else. <laughs> that is so odd. On the smell, I wonder if it's got a bit like the. You say it was aged in like a type of cognac barrel. Or yes, something like that? it was a it was a limousine oak, so it's still okay. aged in an oak barrel. But it's but it's from the limousine region. I don't know how much an oak tree changes per region, but they're making a lot of claims. Well, I yeah. <laughs> so like limousine oak is oak that is like it's not an American oak. It's over in correct France. Yes, hmm. limousine is a region in France. <laughs> you are so close. To get, you are so close. France. <laughs> well done. So it's French oak, basically. French oak. French oak. Yes. All right, I'm I'm super excited to go in for the taste, so I'm just gonna do it now. Going I'm still afraid. It. There's so much. Hmm. Mm. Ugh. Yeah. Mm. Okay. That wasn't that wasn't a bad noise. That sounded bad, but that wasn't bad. It was odd. Yeah. I like it. All right. First reactions. It reminds me of um, the Iraqi smuggler whiskey what was that called um mm-hmm. the uh, i'll let you answer it because you probably the, know mm-hmm. it. the rye i think is what it reminds me of i'll go grab the bottle if we need to no it's bakshi i was bakshi. just trying to yes. taste it a little more yeah that's what i'm getting um i think it's because of it's foreign grains that i'm not used to and it's Dude, some it's kind of that, floraliness. that i don't want to say minty but that you know that feeling you get in your mouth when you like eat chew on spearmint gum that kind of cooling freshness oh that's what i'm getting off this whiskey so does it remind you of like like a menthol kind of cooling yes yes Mm. that's what i was looking for thank you okay that's what i was looking for for so is this similar to your tobacco note that you throw out every once in a while it might be it ah i don't know i i think it's more on the mentholiness rather than tobacco i don't get that at all what are you getting i don't know (laughs) And I, I guess I that, get like a cool, like I still that get menthol-ness, that. I think, is more of like a cooling of the, like it's more of a mouthfeel rather than a yeah. taste. I mean, I, I know what you're talking about. I just don't, I don't get like a cooling sensation. You know what I'm not getting? Is any spice. Mm-mm. No. Smooth across the whole tongue. Mm-hmm. It's very light. Like there's not a whole lot of flavor going on. Mm-hmm. But the flavors that are there, I'm having a hard time See, picking I apart. Got a lot so it's of very different. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I think it's not, I wouldn't call it complex. But maybe I'm just having a hard time picking out the flavors on a new. I would call palette. it complex. There's a lot in there, dude. At I least a lot the, that I'm, I'm not just used tasting to. one grain. I feel yeah, like I'm chewing yeah. on that one new grain. Yep. Yeah, as I say, that's that's what I'm getting. Like, there's not a like a lot of different flavors. There's some flavors, but I don't know what any of them are because it's all new, so it's confusing <laughs> me. But it, it, I mean, it tastes light. It tastes like a light, simple whiskey. I just don't know what I'm tasting. Yeah, 
That's so, that's, so it super feels complex. Interesting. I don't think it lingers very long either. No. Uh, and you know, there wasn't a whole lot of information that I could pursue on this whiskey. Just it was. I mean, it was they're pretty off the grid. It sounds yeah, like. Yeah, it was hard to find a lot of information on this. We have no idea what we're drinking right now. Yeah. So. So any any final notes on the whiskey? I. I How's like the finish? What, did, did you guys mention the finish I said at all? That there, um, I don't okay. think there is one. Like, I mean, it kind of it goes away pretty quick. It's a little warm going down, but I also haven't been. I haven't had a lot of whiskey in the past few weeks, so it's it's hitting me a little harder. I think. Dude, I can't get used to that smell. Like that smell yeah. is so distinct. Mm-hmm. That's so intriguing. I love. I I like it a lot. It's so cool the different things that you can call whiskey. Yeah. I wonder if we can call this whiskey. Why wouldn't we be able to? Because if Ger- if Germany has no definition for what whiskey is. But we're in America right now. Oh, does it one thing I will say is it's whiskey? aged five years. Okay. Okay. So it's aged in oak. It's not American oak, but it is aged in oak barrels. It's 43% alcohol, and it was aged for five years. Are they new oak barrels? It doesn't have to be new oak. For, it's only well, new I know, oak for I was three years. I was wondering if this is going to be like, like, hey, this is a German bourbon, and we could just piss people off. Oh, I have no idea. German bourbon. <laughs> German bourbon. <laughs> no. I don't know. There's not a lot of information on Did it. Did you tell us the name? Uh, Hollow Rock Spelt, which is the grain whiskey. So Hollow Rock is the distillery or the company? I think, so no, I think it's right the spelt. name. Yeah. It looks like I somebody wrote this on here by yes, hand. Yes, that's 100% what it is. That's how Von Foss does it. They're psychos. Uh, classic Von Foss. Yeah. <laughs> like even the Bardstown whiskey, Bardstown was written on the bottle. Crazy. So well, that's because yeah. they made their own bottles, though. Right? I think Hollow Rock. Like no, like the Bardstown looked exactly like that bottle. Yeah, that's they, what I mean. Because yeah. they, they were the ones that like poured it out and put it in their own yes. thing. Yes. Want to know something fun about this bottle? Kind of different from American whiskeys. An American whiskey, if you want to call the distillery, good luck. Like you can't find the phone number because yeah. I assume that they get too many calls from crazies. This one. Has the phone number right on the back of the bottle. You can call Von Fox. Is it really? Yeah, it's right there. Huh. Good for them. Holy shit, you're right. Read it out Ooh, loud. No, read it out loud. Right oh, you swore. Loud. I did. Now I got to mark this as... Oh, thank <laughs> fucking God. I don't have to worry about swearing anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I was holding my tongue for so long because you always complain. All right. Any any last minute comments on this uh, whiskey, gentlemen? Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. It's a really cool, cool find. Was this the one you found? You found it in Germany? Yes. Okay. Yes. I found this in Tri- Trier, Germany, which Trier, I'm, sorry, I'm using the American pronunciation. Trier oh, is right on the border of France, where in that area of Germany is very French influenced in terms of wine. So a lot of what comes out of that region of Germany is wine rather than a beer, which is what Germany is usually known for. I'm going to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. And I took some history courses in college. Okay. I didn't realize that Germany shared a border <laughs> with France. <laughs> <laughs> I thought there was another country in there. That no, I didn't like, that's, that's, <laughs> they, like, that's why they conquered yeah, no, France I so much. I literally studied that war. I remember. <laughs> yeah, there was a whole war where Germany yep. literally invaded France. Like, yep. it was I remember because... the historical maps, and they would move around, <laughs> and the borders would move, but I just like I forgot that fact. I don't know. Yeah. So what was really cool was we took a train from Frankfurt to France, and that was a three-hour train ride. If we would have taken a car, it would have been six to seven hours. We took the ice bullet train, which was a lot of fun. That's super cool. Yeah, it was awesome. We got up to over 200 miles an hour. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. That's why trains are so very different in Europe. I took a train um, from Toledo to Milwaukee. And we got up to 55 miles an hour. I didn't know you could take a train from Toledo <laughs> to Milwaukee. I found out you could. It was it was nice, but because like I could go into like the the car with all the tables in it, and I sat yes. down and spread out, and I got some work done on the way, which I wouldn't have been able to do if I drove. Yeah. But it took basically the same amount of time. Yep, our train had a a bar and a restaurant in it, which oh, is yeah, awesome. That's so cool. Yep. You know we're thinking of getting one of those soon in Ohio. Yes. Yes. The, uh, they the always say that. Well, no, they, they've it's been, been, it's been approved. The uh, Chicago to Columbus to Pittsburgh, like a bullet train. Hmm. So, all right, we'll see that. Hopefully, that'd be super cool. 
Because then I could stop flying into the freaking Chicago airport. Yeah. I could take a train there and then go in. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we are going to move on to the next piece of alcohol. But real quick, we are going to take a break. piece of alcohol. That's Sorry. So I don't know what else to say. All right, Jim. Just drink. All right. We're taking another break. All right. So we are back <laughs> for round two. And this next drink that we have coming up is going to be a beer. Have you guys ever heard of West Flatterin? Obviously, the answer is no. Uh, I believe that's Jim's uncle. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) So there's a lot in this, so stay with me on this, all right? This is a Belgian beer brewed by the monks at St. Sictus Abbey of West Flatterin. You okay there, Jim? Yeah. All right. So this is considered a Trappist beer, and a Trappist uh, beer... Trappist beer. My favorite kind of beer. Hang in there. <laughs> <laughs> Trappist beer is a beer brewed by Trappist monks. Why did it... Trappist... That's too many sentences for that. Trappist Why did monks... Why say that in so many sentences? <laughs> Trappist monks are a Catholic religious order of cloistered monastics... <laughs> That branched off from the Cistercians. <laughs> they follow the rule of St. Benedict and have com- communities of both monks and nuns that are known as Trappists. And you said that like four I times. Know. Am I in history class right now? This is terrible. <laughs> they are named after... Oh, God. This is, why did I save all this? La, Tra- La Trappe Abbey. <laughs> the monastery from which the movement and religious order originated. Okay? The movement first began with the reforms of the abbot... Oh, and shit. And Costello? No. From the abbot Armand Jean Le Boutelier de Lance. Introduced in 1664. Nice. Later leading to the creation of Trappist congregations and eventually the formal constitution as a separate religious order in 1892. So oh, basically, time. when I say Trappist beer... Oh, Jim, did you just wake up? Sorry. Yeah, I nodded off a little bit. So when I tra- say Trappist beer, it's that entire history lesson. But bottom with, line... With no context, authentic nothing. <laughs> Trappist beer regulations state that all products must be made within the immediate surroundings of the abbey... Production must be carried out Wait, under of, yes of who the Abbey, wow, the she's Abbey obviously not, pretty pretentious isn't she the Abbey. Production must be carried out under the supervision of the monks and nuns. Profits should be intended for the needs of the monastic community, for purposes of solidarity within the Trappist order, or for the development projects and charitable works. So they don't make a profit on this beer. They only make this beer to survive. Okay, so it's kind of like how the the Catholics will make their own wine, except they haven't been smart enough to profit off of it yet. Sure, but these guys <laughs> don't profit off it either. So founded in 1838, sure West Vletteran Brewery has an international <laughs> reputation with their West Vletteran 12 considered to be the best beer in the world. By who? The well, public. Maybe like, us soon. Yeah. So, so it's, it's, it's generally considered to be the best beer in the world. And that's what we're drinking today is the West Vlederen 12-year. Introduced in 1940, this beer comes in at 10.2% ABV. I'm just saying I didn't vote on it. I know you didn't, <laughs> but that's yet. why we're tasting it today because some did. And again, this was provided by Richard Neal from Germany, all right? Oh, okay. So It ain't no Miller Lite, I here, can tell you that. Here's how pop... <laughs> no, shut up, Jim. <laughs> here's how popular this beer is originally you were limited to 10 24 bottle crates of beer per car you can only buy the beer in 24 bottle crates okay oh no so you're limited to 10 per car it's barely enough the night i know popularity increased and was reduced to five then three then two then one where it's currently at and currently beer sales are limited to one order Every 60 days, per person, per license plate, and per phone number. Okay? One one what? One crate. One crate. Per person, per license plate, per phone number. All right? Okay. Also, you must purchase through the Abbey website to schedule a pickup date 
that could be weeks or even months in advance. So how so, did you get this? Richard Neal gave it to me. Oh, so he just had a bottle of it. Yes. He already had it. Yes. Okay. He gave me one bottle, and this is a 12-ounce bottle, okay? There's not a lot to wow, this bottle. what a cheapskate. And there is, right? Yeah. There's no markings on this bottle whatsoever. The we're only about to distinction. Share one bottle. Yes, we're about to share one bottle. Four ounces for those of you who don't math. Yeah. So uh, let me see. The current production is sixty thousand crates per year yeah, and has been that way since nineteen forty six. What's wrong, Jim? What was the big bottle that you had outside? That's a uh, quack. That's a different Belgian beer. That's not a Trappist ale. Okay. You say quap? Quack. That's pretty Quack. racist, isn't it? Quack. Like the, like the like a duck. internet game? No, like a duck. Quack. Ah, uh, yes. Ducks like quack. Like a, like a British that. duck. Quack. Oh, yeah. Quite, quite. <laughs> Quack. Mm, Quack. So anyway, current production <laughs> is 60,000 cases per year and has been that way since 1946. I'm not sorry. <laughs> Despite the popularity, the monks of the St. Sixtus have continued to decline almost all interview and visit requests and have not enjoyed... All of the attention that they've received. Uh, Non-monastic visitors to the abbey are usually turned away and instead directed to the visitor center opposite where there is information about the abbey and brewery. Oh my god, let me drink the beer already. I have started to a lot of podcasts about cults and I would bet a 24 pack of this this good stuff right here that weird stuff happens in there. Maybe, probably. If they don't let the public in, there's a reason. So they've stated their desires to only produce as much beer as needed to finance the community. Uh-huh, yeah. So, yikes! It's time to taste it. Oh my god! Thank you. All right, I'm popping this cap right now. Go ahead and talk amongst yourselves as I. I gotta break that bottle. <laughs> <laughs> After all of that. So there's the bottle cap. If you want to look at it, it's a bottle cap. It's a bottle cap. It has the name of the thing on it. Are you name pouring the beer into mason jars? Yes. Oh Just my like the God. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I mason jar full of that. foam. I'm so excited. Yes, they are Do mason jars. We need jars. a fourth mason jar. Pour slower. Yeah. Have you More ever sideways. poured a beer before? Joey, you're okay. terrible. I don't know Can how I'm doing that. Can we drink it out of the bottle, please? I don't know how I'm doing that. Yeah, that's crazy, and I don't want to do that anymore. Don't pour it into a third one. Yeah. You want to try it? I'm significantly less excited no, about the mason jar. I so just what? want to drink it out of the bottle. Does it have recommendations on how you drink it? Probably out of the bottle, because one bottle... So what's adult. happening right now is I'm pouring it into mason jars, and we're getting crazy amounts of foam right yeah, now. Yeah, it's like a quarter inch of beer and then three inches of foam. So should I just try it? Did the monks do it on purpose? Are they screwing with us? <sighs> This whole best right, beer in the world that. thing is kind of letting me down right now. It's just all foam. It does smell fantastic. It smells fantastic. It, honestly, it reminds me of um, like an Antwerpen or uh, a Foreign Extra Stout. Yes. It smells super fruity. Maybe it, maybe it needs to set for a second. Should I try pouring the third mason? This jar? smells like grape juice. Like okay, Jim, it's not. All right, Stephen. Like it's super sweet. Mason jar. So like. Have you ever had like like sparkling grape juice? Yes. It smells like that. And I'm not mad about it. I'm super excited. But it just smells very fruity and sweet. It just foams so much no That's matter crazy. what you do. Yeah. He's pouring it extremely slowly and it's still like it's better. It's definitely better, but man, that's a lot of foam still. Although the foam goes away pretty quickly. Like look at these yeah. two already. Yeah, I mean I'm just worried about drinking it without any carbonation. There you that go. can't be what they intended. Maybe it is. Who knows? Like, is it because it's no? It wouldn't be because it's a mason jar that like, no, like the I shape don't. of it makes it like. I don't know, man. I really don't know why it foams so much. Have you ever poured it into a glass? Like when you had it. I have your... never had this before. Oh, I thought you said you got this because it was your favorite. No, that was no. or the other one. Yeah, that was. Oh, the did other you fall one. asleep during this, this story? Too? Yes. <laughs> it was so boring. Jim, pour yourself some because I'm gonna pour myself the rest. Quit calling our own podcast boring. <laughs> Not the whole thing, just Joey's storytelling. It was a history lesson, With Jim. With no context, I don't care about monks and Drink stuff. your beer. I just want beer. You pessimist. All right, oh, so wh- what, what are we getting in the, on the nose, guys? What are we getting on the I nose? I already said. That's, uh, it's a lot more grainy now. I, can def- I don't know if it's wheat, but... I get a, I still get like a lot of fruit and sweetness, but I taste a lot or uh, smell a lot more. Like it smells a really good. 
it's like a biscuitiness. Delicious. Okay, I'm super I'm going excited for about a it. taste right now. Yeah, I want to get yeah. rid of bed because it's still pretty foamy. But yeah, it's still foamy, but it's got good graininess, good berry. Oh wow, that is good. Best beer in the world. That is pretty delicious. Yep. <clears throat> oh my god, that's good beer. That's really good. That's you know that's what? pretty remarkable. Uh, like I don't know why having one sip inspired me, but if the four of us went over there and each had our own car, we could have a good few nights off of four cases of beer and four guys. Like that's not that big a deal. No, nope. it sounds very worth it. Nope, but. Yeah, I got to look into it more because the release on this beer is not a lot at all. And it's difficult to get. No. The dog's just tried to get into the into the recording studio. There's a smell and a taste on this beer that I'm associating with something like some sort of food and I can't place it right now. But I like it a lot. Is it that like a duck foam confit? Yeah. That's so exactly what I was thinking. And I was like, it's either duck foam confit or something, something else. <laughs> or literally anything else. So you might be right. It, it reminds me a lot of um, going to the Guinness tasting room mm-hmm. and trying out mm-hmm. all of their different porters and things. Like the, the high proof. The connoisseur experience. The connoisseur's oh, experience. Wow. You let that beer sit on your tongue for a little bit. Oh, that's yeah, so good. It's very good. It's, it's excellent beer. It is very good. Like, you hyped it up a lot. And I like, did. Really all right, good. So, is this yeah. the best beer in the world? Sure. I mean, I haven't all tried right. all of the beers in the sure. world. Sure. Yeah. It's, it's a strong contender, I'm sure. If you hear clicking in the background, that's my dog walking around the recording studio right Still now. Still a pretty big fan of Bud Light, though. So, <laughs> Jim, God, get out of here. Never seen you drink <laughs> any of I know. I hate it. <laughs> never seen it. All right. Oh, I got to finish. I don't want to finish this I know, because I'm never going to have any then. Until <laughs> we go to Germany in like two years or whatever. Wow, that's good. It comes out to $15 a bottle. Uh, no. Yes. $15 Whoa. a bottle. Can you believe that? You know what we have to do? Buy so many go. bottles. The, the only next level that we can take this after let's start a podcast because we love alcohol is let's start a monastery. Oh God! <laughs> no, not even a distillery or a brewery, a yeah. monastery. Well, you, the key is that you start a monastery, you do that for a few hundred years, and then you start making beer, and in that way, the beer has a story, and people think it's special. So the West Vlederen monks have been perfecting this re- recipe. Since 1946. Oh, that's it? Wait. I thought that was going to be a lot older. Well, so they were first... Cre- the West Letter in 12 year was first created in 19... Or for- first released in 1940s. But uh, the religious order has been around since 1892. Hmm. I have a question. Shoot. Bang. Sorry. Okay. It. Woof. So, if, if they don't let anyone in, does... The German government get to come in and, like, make sure that everything's up to code and there aren't, no. like, fingernails and nope children in here? No, because it's made in Belgium. Oh, so I imagine the Bel- the Belgians wouldn't let the, the German government in to regulate them. Right. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. That's yeah. called a war. My question is is not quite so much geographic. <laughs> <laughs> more the content that was the concern okay so is to there, answer your question is there government the germans do not come in to regulate okay and that's the end of the podcast i everyone. don't Thanks know coming out if the belgians <laughs> belgians regulate it i don't know i know they're very serious about their waffles but i don't know how harshly they regulate the beer so God, the second he said belgian i knew someone was gonna make a waffle joke <laughs> there's, there's a I waffle joke <laughs> I was like, because that's all we know about Belgium is just the waffles. <laughs> like, someone's going to say it. We're Americans. Uh-huh. That's how we do it around here. I'm trying to find, because there, there is something about, like, where all the different... Because there's a specific Trappist monk's religion or whatever that makes the best beer. Like, if it has the Trappist insignia on it, 
or the Trappist Declaration. That's a certain level of regulations that make this beer amazing or something like that. Clearly, I've done a lot of research on But it's their own regulation, right? Like, they're just putting their own stamp on it saying that we check Maybe regulation is not the right word, but apparently the Trappist monks are the best beer makers in the world. I don't know what else to tell you because I don't know a lot about it. So there are the what do you the, think of this beer? The various <laughs> trap monks around Belgium, not Germany, Belgium. There are the various trap monk monasteries, but the only one that counts is the Trappist. The Trappiest. Yep. I'm trying so hard not to make a trap music joke right now. I think I that's just, what we're already making. That's, you yeah. did it though. I know. By saying that you didn't want to. I know because like, it's not going to be good. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But. So know. the other concern I, I have again, is... Again, I haven't done a lot of research, but... Clearly. These, <laughs> yeah, clearly. These Trappist monks aren't only in Belgium. Like, I think they're... The most, most of them are in Belgium, but I think there's also, a, like, a United States one, Latin America one. Like, I think these monks are elsewhere as well. Hmm. Hmm. I'm, you guys ready okay. to move on to the wine? I still, I'm sure. I mean, we don't seem to know anything about wine? this beer. Yes, the wine is next. Oh, it's from that area of Germany where they're winers. No, it's from France. I think all of Germany Why? is a bunch of winers. Because it's a tour of Europe. The whiskey was from Germany. The beer was from Belgium. And the wine is from France. Awesome. Yes. And the Weller was from France, but it's from American. Kentucky before that. Yes. It came from Kentucky to France to back to Ohio. We brought it home. Brought Almost. Yeah, that is silly. Isn't it? <laughs> they shipped it over there so that you could fly over there, buy it, and bring it back. Yep. For, for a cheaper price than you'd find it here. I know. <laughs> All right. Any any final comments on the West Vlederen 12-year Belgian beer? It's so good. It is very good. It's very good. Yeah. Best beer in the world. All right. Best beer in the world. We'll be back. All right. We are back, and our... Last drink is gonna be of a wine. So let me hang on. Well, the good thing is we know a lot about wine. Yeah, yeah. Like it's made from grapes. There you go, Jim. So this is an Alsace Pinot Noir. Now Pinot Noir is a grape. Did you guys know that? I had no idea. I didn't know that was a grape. That's a grape. So this is a 2018 Pinot Noir Rosé wine coming in at 13 percent alcohol. Pinot Noir Rosé. Is it, I thought rosé was a grape. No. <laughs> no, Pinot Noir is the grape. Rosé means it's not quite a red, but it's not a white. Wow, I didn't know that it could be two things. I thought yeah. rosé was like all it would be. I didn't so, know it could also so be So you're a saying types of wine are like a spectrum. I guess. Because I thought it was just red like and white, gender. but now it's just like... This is also a whiskey podcast, and don't question me too much on wine, okay? Oh, I'm going to question you so much, okay. because you're the leader, and this so, is your episode. So here's... Pinot no ire. So I want no, you to get ready, to, get ready for the bell. No okay? er. So this is also considered a monocepage. Hush. I disagree. Meaning a single varietal or coming from one grape. How to put it in whiskey uh, terms. It's a single malt. Yes! Right yes! Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, High we, fives, everyone. We suck yes. so hard. So, <laughs> monocepage, one grape, um, in single varietal or coming from one grape. The Alsace is a region in France. Sorry, I'm getting drunk. And I'm having trouble reading I my I hope it's pronounced here. like Alcace and you're just glowing. <laughs> you're, you're trying too hard on the French accent. They're like, no, you stupid American. It just all changed. The Alsace is a region in France, and the Alsace wines are Appalachian wines. This means that what? these wines Wait, are... They're Appalachian wines? Yes. I'm about to explain it. So this means that the wines are controlled and protected, and I'm not going to pronounce this Frenchly. Ah, uh, protected by the Appellations des Origins Controles. That was right. Better than I would have done. So there is a strict governing body over the rules and regulations of these wines. Okay, so when you're saying Appellation, you're not talking about like not our the Appellation Mountains. Okay, no. that's oh. why I was very confused. Yes, I was like, how is America involved in this wine? No. So going we back to the wine, <laughs> I mentioned earlier that this is Monocepage. Monocepage. 
Again, it comes from one grape, which is the Pinot Noir grape. <laughs> Omelette du fromage. <laughs> Omelette du fromage. <laughs> it reminded me of Phoebe trying to teach Joey how to uh, speak French in Friends. Did you guys ever see that episode? I don't like Friends. Oh, you're the worst. <laughs> Wait, who are you talking to? Because we're all the worst. Yep. So, again, it comes from one grape, which is the Pinot Noir grape. It gets the rosé color from letting the skins of the grape of the red grape soak in the juice from a couple of hours to a couple of days, depending on the rosé. Is that before or after they smoosh it all up with their bare after. feet? After. Ah. Oh, so they, yes. they smoosh it all up, and then they... No, that doesn't make any sense. They have to take this. They take the skins off before they smoosh it all, right? No. <laughs> Wait, you... no, I'm sorry. For a second... Wait, so, uh, everyone, everyone, I just realized that Jim thinks they peel the grapes before they make wine. <laughs> well, no, but no. you said they take the skins off. They put the grapes in, they <laughs> smush them, okay? That gets the liquids out. The color just comes from the skin. And then they put the skins in with the wine to age. Oh, okay, okay. Okay. <laughs> I was so, confused on what you were saying. Now... One alcohol. thing that is prominent about rosés, and more so in the red wines, but comes up in the rosés as well, are the tannins. And this brings <sighs> us to a, hang on, hang on, hang on. That's Stay a word with, I've hang heard on, before. Hang on, hang on, hang on. This brings us to our new segment I like to call "On the Spot" with Jim Palumbo. On the spot, yeah. Oh yay! I don't know about this. That's what makes it the thing, I guess. <laughs> so, Jim. Tell us everything you know about tannins. It's a word you can use when you want to sound like you know what you're talking about when it comes to wine. It has something to do with the casks or the oak. Like it's a flavor or a sensation that I think is in the wine that causes some sort of flavor profile in the wine. That's it. (laughs) Okay. It's in so, wine. It comes from the wood, and it. Yes, it. Yeah. for the most part, yes. <laughs> I'm so, not wrong. You're not wrong. So tannins are derived from the skins, stems, and seeds of the grapes. Um, okay, then I. Then I <laughs> you were wrong. So I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> when making the wine, the and first part was right. Since reds are in contact with the grape for a longer period of time, they typically have more or higher tannins. Rosés have uh, less tannins, but you can still get tannins off of it. I don't really get a taste from tannins, or at least I haven't discovered it yet. But what I do find from tannins is that dry, sticky mouthfeel. If you've ever had a red wine and your mouthfeel is that kind of like dry stickiness, that means there's a lot of tannins to it. Well, that's what I don't like about red wines then. Yes. High in tannins, basically. Oh, well, well then. Yeah, that's the best way I can explain it. I I only discovered it at the wine tasting that I was at. She said... This is a high tannins wine, and I tasted it, and I'm like, oh, I get that, like, dry, dry stickiness. Dry, yeah. yeah, and she's like, yeah, that's the tannins. I'm like, mind blown. Okay, I just had an epiphany on what tannins are. Yeah, so, so what I'm seeing is, is is like tannins are like the backbone of red wine, and then for white wines, its backbone is like the acidity or like the sweet kind of citrusiness to them. So I think tannins kind of give it that, like that dry flavor profile. That you generally associate with red wines. Okay. So keep talking as I try and cork this bottle of wine. Okay, let's keep talking as so, Joey uncorks this bottle of wine. He's twisting it. Two like, turns, oh, that's at least three four. turns. Four. Four. Five. Six. Seven. Seven turns. Eight. Oh, no. He's getting distracted. Oh, shit. Ten turns. Oh, he's down to the butt. Oh, here comes the pull. Oh, okay. Oh, he's using the lever action of the the wine bottle opener it's a bold strategy he's not just pulling on it like him. a man who doesn't know what he's doing yeah he oh he went up to use the second leverage oh, point a second ladies and gentlemen oh, and oh oh it didn't pop at all so disappointing what a... yeah he tried to pop it right in front of the mic so you could hear yeah. it and it oh. didn't go yeah all right oh, that's let me pour real quick didn't stick the landing keep talking Oh, we're, I know. Now you don't have to tell us. Okay, he's pouring it into a glass, and there it goes in the Ooh. glass as he's holding the glass, where it, which he's pouring Zorro the wine into. Wine. There's no context to that joke. It didn't work. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, there's a big Z on the front of it. It looks oh. like it was uh, cut in there with a rapier. A rapier. I'm glad we both went the same direction with the word rapier. Yeah, that's the word that we need to put the 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 rolled R onto. You can have that tiny glass. Yay! I want the big one. 
wine on the outside because you missed a little. Yep. All right. So when There's wine on the inside too. <laughs> oh, there it is. So when tasting wine, first thing you look at is the color, just like whiskey. And what kind of color are we getting, guys? Rosé. Rosé. Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. B E A. Beautiful. All right. Cheers, buddy. Cheers, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Now, is this like a tequila shooter? or No. Yeah. Do not shoot it like tequila. Remember, this is a monocepage wine. Monocepage. Bless you. Ma- ma- monocepage. Monster mash. <laughs> That's all you can say. All right, what can are we, we getting on the nose? What are we getting on the nose? Just shoot all the wine. Nose. What are we getting? We're getting kind of drunk now, guys. I'm getting oh. red fruits. A little, it's it's so uh, fruity and sweet. Gr- grape, I want to say. Yeah, like a grapiness. Oh, okay. Wait. A little bit Tannins. of bitter, bitter alcohol. Not like full on bitterness, but like halfway, like a, like between white and red. I'd say it's. Like oh my pink. god! You fucking Ro- rose. It. Oh, shit. Like <laughs> if rosy, we... maybe. Okay. So, like, if we were to define like reds and whites of wine, I'd say like if it was on a spectrum. If it was on a spectrum, it's like closer to red, but like kind of white. <laughs> oh god! Like a sixty forty split. All right, go in for a taste now, gentlemen. Go in for a taste, Jim. Taste it. Taste it. Why did I expect this to be carbonated? <laughs> oh god! Well, let's not get into that. I don't know why. There's something deep inside you. I'm sure. Um, not, not the first a lot of burn time. on it. Um, good I think I probably could have taken a bigger sip okay pretty used to whiskey um, how about you go in for a bigger sip now <laughs> there it is there it is oh god he's so nailed cute. it I'm swishing it right now Jim just cleansed his palate yeah thoughts on the taste now do you guys get uh, a it's... slight sticky or dryness in the mouth feel no i think that's from i do i do Never mind. that's the tannins yeah yes that's the um, tannins and it comes I out a lot more in the red wine but you can get a little bit in this rosé i do generally enjoy a rosé i've had rosé before i've had a decent amount of wine in my lifetime but i will tell you that if this came from a box i would nod and say yeah of course because it tastes the same to me <laughs> yeah fair enough it's fair enough it's fine so yeah. Just to put this in perspective, oh, no. this is a true French rosé Sure. from 2018. And what's weird is, have you ever heard someone say like, oh, 2015 was a good year or something like that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if, if they have a bad year, depending on the rainy season, they don't harvest those grapes. They just destroy them and they don't make wine out of it. Yeah, they don't want to just put out bad wine and be like, exactly. well, it was bad this year. Everyone enjoyed the exactly. bad wine. Yeah. So 2018 was apparently another good year. and well, I guess theoretically, if they're going by that logic, every year that there's a wine up would be a good year because the bad years don't get made. Yeah. So they would be yeah. like, oh, that was a good year. Well, yeah, no shit, because there wouldn't be wine if it wasn't. So say like 2015, they got rid of, and they're like... 2014, oh. 2016, like what happened to 2015? Like we don't talk about you know that. What 2013 that was a really bad year. Yeah, we don't talk about 2013. That means that another thing you can say about wine, if you don't know anything about wine, it's a good year. And be right. <laughs> oh, 2018, that's a good year. That was yeah. a good year that was for a good that. Year exactly. For that, um, because you'll always be right. right grape, because grapery. You're so holding do, do you remember? Do you remember what the term for the grape used in this was? Tannins. Mono. Wait, I got that's. I got this. Okay. Mono. No, that's There's a, a little more to it. Okay. Um, that's ma- a disease. Mononucleosis. Close. Okay. Ma- Monks in Belgium. <laughs> <laughs> Monocepage. Oh, One so grape. Okay. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> You had that plan the entire time. <laughs> You're a liar. You totally had that planned. You were so excited. You just built up the suspense for that stupid joke, and it was so <laughs> worth it. All right. Gentlemen, any final comments on this wine? 
tastes like the same wine that I slapped a bag of in college. I, just, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to make a box wine joke, too, but his was better. Yeah. All right. Hold on. Hold on. Hang on. Let me, can I get it on? Yeah. Wait, what's the French version of um, Cheers, buddy? Monosepage. Monosepleosis. <laughs> All right, guys. Once again, as we wrap up this episode, thank you to Stephen and Jim for joining me on this episode as thank we you. tasted oh, is that a everything? German whiskey, a Belgian beer, and a French wine. I thought you said that. Oh, and never mind. we had an the, American and the bourbon. Yes, That's we pretty had hard to find. The Waller yeah. 12 American bourbon as well. I hope you so. enjoyed our review. That was the whiskey of the week. That yeah. was the whiskey of the week, so... I forgot about that. That was so long ago. This is going to be our last episode of the year. We will come back uh, next year with some new episodes. We got some new content planned. We just need a little more time to produce it. Um, hey, send in your suggestions. We have our contact correct. in the uh, uh, wherever you're viewing it in the, the notes Joey's, section of the con. Mm-hmm. It's like, just Joey's Instagram. Joey's yeah. Instagram or on the nose at libson.com. Com? No, that's not right. If at you all. want us to talk about something or if you want us to try a particular whiskey, you just let us know. Or email erringmanspub at gmail.com. That's the typical email that I monitor. But once again, gentlemen, thank you for joining us. Um, I wish Danny was here to join us for more of the tastings, but Jim and Steven are my go-to guys for tasting all these different whiskeys. Danny, we love you. Danny, we love you. There it is. Okay. So you can find me primarily on Instagram at erringmanspub. We've got the website uh, on the nose dot libsyn dot com. Um, everyone, thanks for listening. This is the year wrap on season one of On the <sighs> Nose. So cool. Can we you believe it. we've done this many episodes? This That's is episode so fifteen. Uh, I can't believe we got picked up after the pilot. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true, Jim. <laughs> We just got picked up for a second season. <laughs> Good night, we got everyone. Picked up for a second season, you guys. Yay! Yay! Woo! <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening to On the Nose with Joey Erringman. This is On the Nose with Joey Erringman. Son, there's no wrong way to consume alcohol.